So friends, it's an honor to be with you on this day. I bring you greetings from your sisters and brothers here at Village Presbyterian Church in Prairie Village, Kansas. I also bring you greetings from sisters and brothers, golly, around the world this day, who have been grieving with you and continue to grieve. I want you to know that we love you and are praying for you and with you. We're giving thanks for the life and witness of your pastor, Steve. I first met Steve when I was a college student and was invited to travel with him on this trip called Discovering Our Oneness. It was the Presbyterian Church USA's first journey with the Russian Orthodox Church in the former Soviet Union. I met your pastor then, have loved him this whole time over these decades. So I share in your joy of his resurrection and your grief in these days. As we turn to scripture, I invite you to pray with me. So, O oh Lord, you are the one who draws us near to you. So we pray that you would draw us near to you in these moments. As we hear your word, remove from inside of us anything that might hinder us from being attentive to your Holy Spirit for she is powerful, and she's among us now, comforting us, sustaining us, upholding us. Give you thanks, O God. In your name we pray. Amen. So friends, listen for the word of God as it comes to us this day. This is Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. It's the third chapter. It's the first through the third verses. The church in Corinth is struggling with the apostle. That is not a new thing. And they're actually frustrated with him, so frustrated that they ask him for letters of recommendation. Listen for the word of God. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Surely we do not need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you, do we? For you yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter of Christ, prepared by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. So the Corinthian church, frustrated with Paul, a fighting church, a church of disagreements and arguments. I love the Corinthian church. They're frustrated with Paul's correspondence with them, and they turn to the apostle and say, you know, maybe this would be better if you could give us some letters of recommendation that you've had successes in other places, maybe just to be sure you're the apostle you're cracked up to be, that we could hear from some other people giving testimony about the strength of your ministry. And Paul writes back to them this powerful word. He says, don't you understand? You are our letters. For the gospel of Jesus Christ is written upon your hearts, not written in ink, not written on tablets of stone, but written on human hearts 
The image of the heart is so powerful and so important. For when the apostle uses this image of the human heart, the apostle understands the Jewish belief was that the heart is the heart, the center of the entire being. Uh, we Western thinkers tend to sort of say, well, the heart is a place of emotion and the head is the place of thinking. That is not how the Jewish philosophy viewed the human heart. The Jewish understanding was that the heart is the center of the whole being. It is the center of thinking and willing and doing and feeling and spirit and wonder and truth. It's the center. So when the apostle says, you are our letters of recommendation, for the gospel of Jesus Christ is written upon your hearts. He is saying to them, the gospel is written on your whole being. It's not lost on me that you, with your pastor of nearly 20 years, that you would be Steve's letters as well, that you would be witnesses to how Steve has imprinted upon your whole selves what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ, what it means to live the gospel in these days. There is something amazing and powerful about the heart, about the living, beating, wounded, hopeful, struggling human heart. Some years ago, I was privileged to be speaking at a conference in Mo Ranch in Hunt, Texas. To get there, I was instructed to fly into San Antonio. The easiest thing was to rent a car and drive west out into the hill country of Texas to get to this conference center. So I did that. I was leaving San Antonio. And I was listening to radio stations and picked up the national public radio station for San Antonio. There's a reporter, and he had interviewed this woman named Elsa, whose son Daniel had died in a tragic single-car auto accident the year and a half before. Elsa was born in Mexico. She and her husband came to the United States. They had Daniel together, then her husband died suddenly before Daniel could even know his dad. Daniel grew up a scholar and an athlete, cared for his mom, doted on her, handsome young man. He maintained a 4.0 in high school. He was captain of their baseball team. He was a leader on the football team. People knew and loved Daniel. He worked jobs all he could to save money for college. He'd been admitted to college on scholarship, but needed money to help with that, and so he was working. He'd borrowed the car to go to work after school and practice. He got off work, and he was too tired, apparently. Took a turn too quickly, or perhaps fell asleep at the wheel. Hit a tree and died. Elsa got the call at about 2.30 in the morning. She recalls being woken up 
by a police officer asking if this was who she was, if she had a son named Daniel. She did. It was that awful kind of call. She hurried to the hospital, took her sister with her. Her sister came, picked her up. She got her priest to come as well. After a few days with no brainwave activity whatsoever, they made the hard, hard decision to stop Daniel's beating heart. Before that, just before that, one of the physicians came and talked to Elsa just briefly. And tenderly, he broached the subject of organ donation. And Elsa remembered that she and Daniel had been watching a program and it talked about organ donation and Daniel was fascinated and he turned to her and said, Mom, I would want to do that. And Elsa said, Daniel, I would want to do that too. She remembered that conversation, said to the doctor, yes, let's do this. It had been a year since he died and Elsa's grief was still consuming her. So she was talking to her priest and he suggested possibly trying to get a hold of some of the families who had received parts of Daniel's body. She was reluctant at first. Her sister thought it was a good idea. She ended up calling the hospital and the hospital said, I'm sorry, we cannot give you their information, but we can contact them. And if they're interested, they can reach out to you. It turns out that six people had benefited from Daniel's body. All six of them contacted her within a week and a half. They said, yes, we would love to meet you. We would love to share with you how this has helped our whole lives. Elsa put together an album of Daniel pictures from his baby pictures all the way through. He already had his senior picture taken. She took his letterman's jacket. She took his football helmet. She took his baseball cap. She just wanted them to understand more about her son. Five of the individuals were in the San Antonio area and she made her trek nervously to each one and each one was so wonderfully welcoming and so grateful. She could feel, she could feel the healing taking place bit by bit in her own heart. The last, the sixth one, lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico. A young man, father of two little girls, he's the one who had received Daniel's heart. Took her a while to arrange it. They wanted to pay for the ticket. She said no, she wouldn't feel good about that. They wanted her to stay with them and she didn't want to feel awkward. She stayed in the hotel. But she flew to Albuquerque and they picked her up and they took her to their home and she showed them the album and the little girls were wearing his helmet and his baseball cap and his letterman's jacket and they were so lovely, the family was so lovely. They took her to her hotel and she just held on to everything and she just cried that night. Next morning she woke up, they picked her up and took her to breakfast. They brought her back to the house and then she had to leave for the airport. And she'd arranged for her own ride because she didn't want to have to say goodbye to them at the airport. It would be easier for her to say goodbye in the house. 
And just as they were getting ready to say goodbye to her and she was getting ready to leave, she turned to this handsome young man and she said, I wonder if I could have one more favor, just one favor from you. And you can say no if it's uncomfortable. And he said, Elsa, anything, what is it? And she said, I wonder if you would let me just once more put my ear to your chest because I would like to be able to listen just once more to the heartbeat of my son. And he looked at her and smiled and he opened his arms wide and he gathered her into his chest and she rested her ear against his body and she listened. And Elsa said her eyes flew open and all she could say was, oh my, oh my, it's so strong. His heart beats so strong. See? You are the letters of Jesus Christ. Because the Spirit of the living God has written the gospel of Jesus Christ on your hearts, not on tablets of stone, but on your living, beating human hearts for all to know that Jesus Christ lives. Oh, Idlewild Church, it's in these days when hearts are broken and grieving that our Lord gathers you into God's own arms. And like a grieving mother, she weeps with you. And then at one point, this grieving mother, the maker of the universe, may turn to you, the body of Jesus Christ, and say, I wonder I wonder, Idlewild, if I might have just one favor. I wonder if I might put my head to you and listen just once more for the heartbeat of my son. And in that moment, when God does, I hope and pray that her eyes will fly open and she will say, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. He beats so strong, it beats so strong. The heart of my son beats so strong. Friends, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.